Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Legacy. 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 This is the Aztec Legacy Podcast with your host, Robert Ortiz. Um, and I have uh, SDSU royalty with us. One of my big brothers, the guy that, that I played behind my redshirt freshman year. The guy that gave me, <laughs> he blessed me with my first touchdown. And I'm sure he will mention that in, uh, later on. But uh, Mr. J.R. Tover, thank you for coming on the Aztec Legacy Podcast. Hey, man, I got to get my memorabilia wall uh, together. You looking you looking real good behind you. I, I I got some work to do, man. Yeah, there's a lot of work, though. See, now I got – but what I need to do now is I need to start collecting stuff from, from my, my peers, my teammates, guys like you. I need I need that jersey behind you. You see, I need I that. I got one for you. I got you. There we go. Yeah, and we'll throw yeah, it up back here. I need some pictures. I need everything. See, I, all I have is my stuff, so I just, you know. I just wanted to let people know I did play. It looks good, man. It looks fancy. I appreciate okay. that. <laughs> um, first off, I want to get into your 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 San Diego um, your San Diego raised, but you weren't born in San Diego. Nah, so I was born in Long Beach. My, my mom is uh, from San Diego. My dad is from Louisiana. Okay, but my dad was in the Navy, Got so it. my dad met my mom in San Diego. They got married. And my sister had me, and then my dad got out of the Navy. And so I was born in Long Beach Memorial, but we moved back to Louisiana when I was a baby. And then, um, you know, my, my, my parents decided to move back to San Diego in, in, in 1992. And uh, that's how I ended up back in, back in San Diego. So you were, fairly, you were in uh, Louisiana for a while then. Yeah, man. And I tell people I had the best of both worlds because, you know, the, the South is – Southern hospitality, um, blue collar, hard work. Um, but San Diego is diverse, uh, different type of hard work, different type of blue collar hard work. So I, I had the pleasure of growing up in two very different yet very impactful places, you know. Let's be honest, San Diego's paradise, baby. Listen, man, I got no complaints about San Diego. <laughs> Every everywhere I've gone, anytime I get off that plane. I don't know what it is, that rush of, of fresh air that hits you in the face. I agree. Yeah, there's, there's nothing like SD, man, for I, sure. I love get, getting home from a trip and, uh, you know, getting flying into San Diego. And then once you leave the airport, you just see that city skyline. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. you get that ocean, ocean, you roll down the window, get that ocean smell. You're like, yeah, I'm home. Yeah, I'm home, baby. Absolutely. I'm telling you, man, I, and I get that same. It never gets old. I agree. Whether I go to New York or I've been in, you know, Florida or whatever it is, getting off the plane and getting that like first 15 minutes of San Diego oxygen. Right. Is uh always resets you in a in a, in a major way. And go get you a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's usually the first stop too, huh? Carton, the, right? the taco shop. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So you uh did you did you always grow up in Mira Mesa though? Was that like the spot? The whole time? In San Diego, yeah. Yeah. So when we first moved here, we moved to North Park. And uh this was a pre-gentrified pre-gentrified North Park. Yeah. So uh it was it was a pretty, pretty tough neighborhood. Um and so my parents, they they did a great job of of getting, you know, me, my sister, and my brother into an environment that they thought we could thrive in. So we moved up to Mira Mesa and love Mira Mesa, man. I think it's one of the, the most diverse communities uh diversity and socioeconomically in the country and a in lot the of the country learn in the country wow. i mean i think it's i think it's a very special place and so a lot of things i've learned a lot of relationships i have a lot of the friendships i made um are because of my my upbringing right here in the in the 92126 
Nice. Um, okay, so now you already almost going in. You had to already almost be going into high school then, though. Close. I when, moved, yeah, seventh grade. So when, I was seventh grade when I came to San Diego, yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, we'll jump straight into high school. Mary Mesa, um, I'm sure you were how many sport athlete? I was a three-sport athlete. What three sports? Yeah, so I played basketball, football, and and, and ran track. Oh, no baseball? No baseball. Interesting story, though. So so I'll tell you about the baseball. So I played baseball in the fifth grade. I'm left-handed. I was a left-handed pitcher where I was cold. See? That's cold. what I'm talking about. And and so so, but I played that in Louisiana. And then when we moved to San Diego, I stopped playing baseball. And so I started, I tried to start playing baseball again going into my junior year. And uh, by the time the game passed me by, they put me on the mound against Rancho Bernardo, who was the number one high school baseball team in the nation at the time. Yep. Person I walked, the second person I walked, four straight pitches, eight straight pitches walked, first base, second base. The third person I hit on the first pitch, (laughs) the fourth person, the first strike that I threw, he went slam Diego on me, bro. Oh. And that was it. That was the end of my. That was the end of my high school baseball career. Uh, collectively, my baseball career altogether. Now, did you did you quit or did you finish the season? And that was nah, it. I quit, bro. You I did. Ah, uh, I did. I did. You, you know what's funny? I have a. Um, I played baseball growing up all the way through high school, and and um, I, I my junior year, I was getting ready to quit baseball because i was like you know like it was just i went from football to basketball and then baseball and i was pretty good at football basketball i was pretty good at baseball but i just i just i just wasn't into it and um i remember i was getting ready to quit and i even talked to my coach and he said you know what just just play one more game you know and and you know and after the game just if you decide you want to quit cool but i really don't i you know i really don't think you should quit and i hit a home run over center field. I never hit a home run like that ever. And yeah. I, I swear the coach was telling them like, hey, just serve <laughs> him up something nicely. <laughs> so he stays on the team. And, like that uh, golf shot, right? Like everybody hates golf until they hit that one pure shot. And that's the one that keep coming, keep you coming back. Exactly. And that was my sophomore year. But um, and then I ended up getting injured my junior year in football and uh i i don't i dedicated my spring to getting back to football shape so i didn't play after my sophomore year but yeah i i almost quit um but i didn't yeah and i was a junior so i was going into my senior year but i was a junior in high school and you know i was trying to have a big year as a senior and after i you know my grand slam fiasco they told me hey we're just going to put you on jv and i was <laughs> oh. like yeah Hell no, huh? I can't do that, you know. So I was like, you know, just let me focus and prepare for football. And and honestly, I look back on it, that was one of the the wisest decisions I made because I really dialed in who I wanted to be as a senior and end up having a, a pretty good senior year as a result. And that's a that's a good transition. So that focus that you that you dedicated your I guess ju- it would be your junior summer. Um, yeah. You know, what exactly was that? And and actually, first of all, let's clear up what positions you played in football at that time. Yeah, so I I started as a running back in uh, like Pop Warner. Um, Barry Sanders was my idol. Mm. You know, I used to love Barry Sanders. And when I came here, uh, the, the coach put me at quarterback in Pop Warner. I played eighth grade out here and um, I just, it just stuck. Um, and so, you know, that was at a time where the option was still pretty pretty alive. So having a quarterback that could run the football was, was, was a benefit. I hated the um, option. I didn't, I it just, yeah. we, we didn't run the option in, in, in high school, which everybody used to say that I was an option quarterback. We yeah. ran a traditional pro style offense, uh-huh. but because I ran for a thousand yards, my senior year, people are always like, Oh man, you guys must've been running an option. But I was back there like, like Randall Cunningham, just trying to make stuff happen. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I started as a quarterback and then um I didn't play receiver. I never played receiver until I got to San Diego State. That's crazy. See, all you, you know, young guys, recruits, 
you know, you never know. You never know once you get into a place. And same going from college to the NFL. I mean, I, you hear it all the time. The players, they're, you know, one position, one position, and then all of a sudden they get switched up because, you know, I guess they know better <laughs> on the next yeah. level. I don't know. Yeah, and it's all about fit too, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, if you can go and be uh, uh, on the field at a different position as opposed to being on the bench at your position, it works out for everybody. It works out for you. works out for the team. Um, so I think, yeah, to your point, being well-rounded, young, being able to play both sides of the ball, being able to play multiple positions eventually works out in your favor um, down the road. Yeah, and and how did uh, how did being a quarterback help you, you know, m- moving into college and going into, you know, a whole different program, whole different – I mean, it might have been the same offense, but just how did it help you transition to a different position? I was obsessed with the big picture. Like, even as a wide receiver, I was obsessed with the big picture because as a quarterback, you have to be. Like as a quarterback, it's not about you and about what you do as a quarterback. It's about making sure you understand and know what everybody else is supposed to do and you make sure that they do it. Right. And so as a receiver that I kind of I didn't realize it at the time, but I took that mentality with me. So I would dive more into combinations, into into coverages, into protections, because at the end of the day, Yes, my job is to run this 18-yard comeback route. But if I understand the big picture, I'll know if I need to run that at 1,000%, if I need to run it at 70%, if I need to get out of it at 16 instead of 18, right? So um, that going from quarterback to receiver, it, it really made me – being a quarterback made me focus on the big picture of the sport. And the, the, more so the concept, correct? Yeah, of, con- I mean, of, concepts, of the play, things. of the play. Yeah, it's chess, right? So, so you know, you. I mean, I tell people football is just math. It's eleven versus eleven. There's a field in the middle. Six people are going to be on this side. Five people are going to be on this side. You're basically trying to find. Uh, you're trying to put the numbers in your favor. Mm-hmm. And if you understand it big picture like that, then your little you know arrow route that doesn't make any sense and it's kind of boring to run, you understand like how important it is because you understand the big picture. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, I think that's something that I was good at just the concepts, but I didn't real. I don't think I had the, the, I didn't think I understood why it was good to know the, those things, you know? And, um, you know, anytime I'm talking to young players, I, I try to uh, they might I think of them in my position, like you may be good at the concepts and understanding, you know, a little bit of why, you know, you have a deeper route and a you know a shallower route or this route's going this way so that they can open up this one. But then you could also become the next, you know, in the, in the progression, you could be the next, you know, target. Um, but the entire picture you know, I don't I, I try to try to get that through their heads. Like if you know the entire picture, you'll know exactly just how you said, um, I know if I need to run this at 70 percent because timing is everything. Absolutely. You know, and, and if you if you run at full speed and you you make that window open up and close too quick then it, it really defeats the purpose. But if you run it at, you know, 75, not, you know. 80% actually it times up perfectly. Exactly. So, exactly. so I think as, you know, as a player, the type of player I was, I knew the concepts, but I don't think I understand it to the um, detail of a quarterback. And I wish yeah. I did. And that's the difference, right? As a, it's kind of like playing center, you know what all the offensive linemen are doing, right? Based off the fact that it's your job to kind of direct them. Quarterback is the center times 10, like as a quarterback, you have to know what everybody's doing. And so as a receiver, I felt like I always thought like a quarterback, which, you know, I was never the biggest or the fastest or the stronger on the field, but I felt like my competitive advantage was I was playing the position 
like a quarterback. So the defensive back in, in me physically was only like 50% of the battle because in my mind, I'm trying to think two or three steps ahead, just like, just like a quarterback would. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get into real quick, your senior year. Um, how well as a quarterback did you do? And what was, what was the, uh, like recruiting wise for you? How was that? As it pertains to coming out of college or coming out of high, high school? high school, high school. We're just, Oh yeah. So, so, so again, I played at a time where, uh, you know, we look at Lamar Jackson, you know, they, they've developed these offenses that really accentuate, uh, athletic quarterbacks ability. That wasn't the case when I played, when I played, you were either a pocket passer or you were an option quarterback. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I got recruited. You know, I got recruited by schools who thought that I could play a quarterback position. Um, the one school that recruited me as a true kind of a pocket passer was Columbia. So it was an Ivy league school. Um, the other schools that recruited me as quarterback were military. So Navy, Army, Air Force, because they ran the option. option. Yeah. And then the only school that really recruited me as a, deep, a Division One athlete um, on the offensive side of the ball was San Diego State. And so Coach Lay came in and said, hey, listen, like, we're going to take Lon Sheriff, who was a, a high school rival, if you will. Yeah. Lon used to throw bombs for West Hills. Yeah. You know, we're going to take Lon Sheriff. We like you. We want you to come. But if you come to San Diego State, you got to give up the uh, the quarterback chair and, and head over to the wide receiver room. And honestly, man, like I wanted to play offense. Um, I thought I could play receiver. So I didn't there was not a, not a confidence issue. But at the end of the day, like and I'm going to just be like 100. You know, when I was six years old and I saw Doug Williams win the Super Bowl. I told myself that day I was going to go to the NFL. Mm. And so when I made this decision to go to San Diego State, it was, I thought, the best opportunity for me to get to the National Football League. Which I, I think that was the, the smart. It worked out, you know. <laughs> the I, smart I business no decision. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we tell kids, uh, you know, about plan B and, you know, don't make decisions based off of NFL because it's such a small percentage. And I understood that, which is why I got good grades and, and I took care of all the stuff off the field the way that I needed to. Hey man, I was a thousand percent focused on plan A, which is I wanted to run outside of a, a run out of a tunnel in the national football league at some point, And I felt like the Aztecs were going to give me the best opportunity to do that. Yeah. And if you look at just um, the track record I mean, if you look at the track record of all the, the other schools that you had on your list, you know, San Diego State was the top, you know, the number one. To me, you know, if you, if you look at, you know, the amount of guys that San Diego State puts out, you know, on a, on a really yearly basis, whether it's yeah. drafted or free agency, you know, we have a good collective of players that, you know, they make it to the next level or, or at least get an opportunity. 1000%. Yeah. So, so no complaints, man. You know, I think at a young age, you have to make tough decisions. Uh, my dad did not want me to go to San Diego state. So that was my he next question. What, what, what were your parents telling you? Yeah. My, my mom was, you know, on some old follow your heart, Jr. type of thing. Yeah. My dad was like, boy, is you crazy? <laughs> Do you know how much a, a, a captain coming out of the air force Academy makes his first year? You oh. lost your mind, boy. So he was upset at me, um, but I felt like that was the first time that I had to make a grown man decision. You know, I was 18 years old at the time. And at this point, I was going to be out the house in five months. And uh, I want to make sure I was going to be in a place that was going to keep me motivated based off of based off of what I wanted to do. Yeah. Have you ever thought about if you went to one of those other places and what would have happened? You know, I have, man. It's funny because um, I think Columbia is one of those places that you can actually make the argument, right, because yeah. of the post-football opportunities. Mm -hmm. But I still think I made the best decision. I live in San Diego. My network is in San Diego. My passions are in San Diego. You got to know so me in San Diego. 
What'd you say? You got to know me in San Diego. I got to know you in San Diego. You stole my first touchdown in San no, Diego. No, it was my first touchdown. <laughs> it would have been your like eighth touchdown of the day. So let's just be be real. Listen, man, tomato, tomato. You stole a touchdown from me. I never stole one from you. So let's just, let's just put it that way. Who said uh, you did it? Man, I look back on it and I say, I, I, I think I made the right choice. You know, I, I have a great network here. I've been able to do a ton of phenomenal things in this community that I care a ton about. Um, so even off the field, I think San Diego State was was the best choice for me as well. All right. So let's 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 get to. You know, when you first get to San Diego State, um, how did you feel confidence wise? Uh, because I know you redshirted, but, you know, like I talked to Marshall in my last episode and he was like, I was seventh on the depth chart, but I didn't think I, you know, I wasn't redshirting. I was playing, you know, so <laughs> I'm like me personally, I would have been like, yeah, I'm redshirting, you know, yeah. so I want to know your mentality coming in. Um, coming from, you know, you're being, you're a quarterback. Now you're coming into San Diego state, a division one program. And, you know, we're at that point, we were known for, for putting out some quality wide receivers. For sure. So you're going into that role now and mentally, where were you at? Man, you know, I came in thinking I was going to play. Okay. To be perfectly honest with you, like my goal was to come in and to, to play and uh, to, to, to start, you know, I felt like the oh, oh. the roster of players that we had at San Diego state. Um, I felt like I was better than them. Uh -huh. um, I really did on the outside looking in and uh, I quickly got humble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Give us a story. Can we get one man, story? Uh, yeah. You know, I get to San Diego state, man. And um, yeah, listen, I, the biggest transition is from high school to college physically. I mean, you're literally a new 18 year old playing with 23 year olds, yep. 22 year olds. And I get into the huddle and I go from being one of the tallest on the team to being one of the shortest on the team. I see kids coming out, guys coming out of the locker room and, and their wives and their kids are waiting for me. Right. That's crazy. So it's a totally, totally different situation. And I was switching positions. I'd never played receiver before. So I got humbled, man. I was trash, to be honest with you. Like, I couldn't stay off the ground. Uh, um, every time I run around, I was slipping or falling or whatever. I was not good getting off press. So Let me stop you there. Do you even remember when I first got there? At all. You, you don't have to remember. No, I just no, want to no, no. know. Because I had the same experience. See, I played receiver, though. And y'all were calling me grass stains. Because I couldn't stay on my feet. I would slip and, and fall every... It doesn't matter what route it was. It could be the easiest route, but I would come out of it and I would just slip and then, you know, I'd have grass stains on my pants or whatever. Like, <laughs> I'm like, dang, they are killing me. But yeah, now that I know hard, you man. went through it, you see, you could have took me aside and been like, look, man, I'm the man now. But look, when I first started, I was just like you. But you did I remember. I remember uh, Coach Dickens being like, me walking back to the huddle after slipping on a hitch or something silly. Yeah. And he looked at me with like this, like, like stench of disgust. <laughs> and he's like, you can't play if you can't stay on your feet. And now I, I was, I was mad because I'm like, you're challenging my athleticism. Yeah. But that was kind of my first coaching point where I was like, if I am going to be, good at this position, I need to figure out how to run routes and not be on the ground when I'm not supposed to be, you know? So, yeah. so yeah, man, my first year was, uh, was, was a little bit of a, of an indoctrination, if you will. I, I definitely got baptized by fire and the older guys, as you know, they don't take it easy on you. So I'm going against guys like Azar yeah. and Tyrus Smith and Eric Lewis and man, they they will uh they'll take your soul physically and mentally uh, if you let them. So I was kind of battling and tell you about, and tell you about it at the same time. Oh, Oh, one thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> there's no mercy there. So I'm, I'm sure they probably still tell you about it. Yeah, I, I tell Azar all the time. I remember um, we were in camp, and I went up. We we're doing one on ones, 
you know how heated our one on ones used to be. Yep. So I went up to the to the to got my got my uh my route from the quarterback. I'm jogging out and Azar is up. Azar is the I think he's the offensive coordinator now for Boston or defensive coordinator for Boston College mm-hmm. now. But at that time he was a senior. So he was the starting corner. Yeah. So I get my route, I run out, and Azar looks at me running out and says, nah, 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 nah. Hey, Lonnie. Lonnie Mitchell was our senior receiver. Yeah. Come on, come on, man. Don't send that kid out here, man. I'm trying to get some work in. Oh. So so literally made me get out of line so he could go with somebody else because I was so bad. And I tell him that all the time. I'm like, listen, man, you was one of my motivating factors because I had never been uh, denigrated in such a, a non-denigrated <laughs> manner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's and so funny. every time I see a czar, he's like, come on, man, you always gonna tell that story. Look, man, I got you better. If I never said that, you would have never got mad. If you never got mad, you'd never been great. So right. that's kind of my running joke with AZ. It's true. But uh, I, I've experienced that with other players, but it's never been me. Uh, I'm glad to say, <laughs> <laughs> but I've heard DV say that before. I'm like, dang, yeah, you know, that and that'll w- either make you high or to make you step up, right? There's there, there's only one or two ways to to look at it. So, you know, I take that as one of those uh, building blocks from a confidence standpoint to, to 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 be about the business all the time, you know. Yeah. So, okay. Well, now you're you're going into your your it would, I guess it would be your redshirt uh, freshman year. And yeah. I just want to know, like, from the, the what you're talking about right now, when the, the days they were telling you, nah, 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 next guy up, you know, I don't want to go against him, to, you know, when you act, when it actually started clicking, you know, what exactly did you uh, do and what did you focus on uh, to get you to, to that point? Yeah, so my freshman, freshman year, I didn't start. I – um played the first two games or three games on special teams. Uh-huh. I think I had a couple of catches, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. And then I got hurt. So I had a high ankle sprain. So I ended up missing like six or seven games of my freshman, my redshirt freshman year. Damn. And by the time I came back, um, the senior who was in front of me, Damon Gordine, he ended up getting hurt mm. and missing this, the rest of the season. So I ended up starting uh, the last two games of my of my freshman year and caught touchdowns in each one of those in each one of those games. Once against UN, one against UNLV and the other was against Wyoming, I think. Um, so that was really like a, a kind of an explosion for me through the rest of my career. I started the last two games, and now it was my spot to lose. Yeah. So, you know, every offseason that I worked, listen, I knew that people were getting recruited. JC transfers were coming in. I just felt like this is my spot. Nobody's ever going to take it from me. I'm going to be a three-year starter. Uh And that's how I always approached the game, knowing that I had to work hard just to hang on to what, um, what I earned. Now, did you hit any bumps in the road in those, the next, let's just say the next three seasons um, I know your senior season, you, you, I mean, I was there, so I know exactly <laughs> what happened, but before I got there, you know, I just want to know, um, you know, cause I, I, I had a conversation with Larry Ned, um, and I was just like, man, I felt like that was, that would have been my red shirt year. I felt like they rode him into the ground. Right. And that was just me looking from the outside you know, outside looking in kind of because I, all I was doing was watching. You know, I practiced with y'all, but I was watching from the sideline. And I was just like, man, I felt like they didn't really use, you know, D-Lou, you. You know, yeah. like I'm like, man, I felt like they could have been a little bit more creative on how they got you your touches and got you a little bit more space. And he, you know, he agreed. But, you know, Again, he's getting the rock at almost every right. play. So it was like, so now I'm talking to you. You're, you know, the receiver in this. You know, like, I just, I just remember, was it Bob and Lisa? You know, I just remember <laughs> those two plays for Larry Ned. Every, it was like every play. I'm like, dude, yeah. 
even I know what they're going to do, and I'm just a freshman that doesn't play defense. Yeah, we we were definitely, uh, uh, you know, our, our our coaching staff at that time used to say, "There's only two ways to win: run the football and stop the run." <laughs> and we had Larry Ned, who was an All American. Yeah. So our entire team was built around those two things: being able to run the football on offense and being able to stop the run on 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 defense. I think the hardest part is it's tough to do that in college, man. Like, you know, you got a, a little bit of a wider field. And so if you're trying to box everything in between the hashes, um, it's, it's hard to do that. So so from that standpoint, yeah, I felt like we could have been doing things a little bit differently. Now, that being said, I still had 62 catches as a sophomore and 63 catches as a as a junior. But I didn't feel like my catches were always like impact catches. Right. Yeah. I feel like, you know, we're throwing slants or hitches on first down or second down and then we're trying to pick up the first down and then we're kind of we're not taking shots down the field we're not being creative that's my Um, point that was my only point you know like i felt like they had uh some dynamic receivers in you and and d lou and i was just like man i felt like d lou could have been that guy you know you led the nation in yards per catch exactly Um, yeah, he was a, a super special athlete, and you're absolutely right. We could have definitely um, uh, maximized his talent a little bit better, for sure. Yeah, and then you counter with a guy like you that can do everything. You know, you can be that that every down, you know, or the move the chains guy, but you can also go down the field. So it was like, man, you know, and again, I'm just a freshman. I don't know anything, right? (laughs) I remember watching uh, Ohio State, you know, from my couch, and I'm jumping on the couch because we're, you know, about to beat them, you know, and, and, but it's like, man, you know, like, I, I looked up to you guys so much. Obviously, I was a receiver, you know, freshman, and, um, I knew what you guys were capable of doing. And I was just like, why aren't like, I'm like, why do they keep doing this? Like, why aren't they giving it to JR? Why aren't they giving it to D Lou? You know, like to me, I'm just like, I'm getting frustrated. So that was my only, I was just asking you like, what, what were you feeling at that time? Cause you, you mentioned you, you had the same amount, both, you know, those, those two previous years before your senior yeah. year. Um, but you know, if they actually used you like you were supposed to be used i mean it could have been you know 70 or a thousand you know what i'm saying i think the most frustrating part was we had a ton of talent and we weren't winning games right that's and you know honestly period though (laughs) yeah but that didn't change even my senior year offensively when tom craft came in we changed things up now we're like crazy dynamic offensively and we're losing games 43 to 41 right so That's the most frustrating part, I think, about any competition is at the end of the day, Herm said it best. You play to win the game. And we were out there, um, you know, not winning the ball games that not not winning the amount of ball games that, that, that anybody wanted to win at that point. I, I kind of feel like it just didn't line up as far as like I felt like we were a great offensive team, but like defensively, we weren't there. And then like my time. You know, there was years where our defense was there, but just our offense, we just didn't yeah. have it, you know, like, or, you know, so it just never lined up. So we couldn't put it all together. Um, and I think that potentially could have been your senior year. Like we were so, we were killing them offensively, but yeah. then again, they were scoring just as much kind of. So I was <laughs> like, damn, you know, you can't get right. Um, yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, so go, so moving forward into your Caesar, se- senior season, you know, uh, Larry Ned is leaving. We got because uh, um, Sim was coming in. Because Sim was coming in. Uh, Ronnie Davenport. Yeah. And um, Toner was out. Toner was out. And Tom Craft is coming in. What are you thinking? I'm thinking spring ball. What are you thinking in spring ball? Like, did you have conversations with with Coach Craft already, saying like? Uh, you know, did did you really? I want to know. Did you ever have a conversation with him and give him any insight on 
some of the other players? Did he ask you or not really? Nah, you know, I was on the, the, the hiring committee, so it was cool to kind of be a part of the process. And we interviewed some studs, man. We interviewed Carl Durrell, uh, Jeff Tedford, wow. uh, Coach Babers, who's now the head coach over at Syracuse. Like we interviewed some 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 studs at that time, and and they ended up we ended up hiring Coach Kraft, and uh, it, it was it was one of those situations where because I followed San Diego State as a kid, I knew his legacy attached to George Jones, Will Blackwell, Haza King, Billy Blanton, right, and so I knew that there was a level of production there. And he was invested in the program he, emotionally. We kind of felt like some of the other coaches were going to use San Diego State as a stepping stone. So I was I was happy when they hired him. But honestly, man, I just wanted to go out and prove that uh, as a senior, number one, I was going to be a leader on the field. I could be dependent upon. And number two, like, I wanted to be a leader off the field. You know, I wanted to be a captain. I wanted to be, you know, that guy that, um, not only the team, but the coaches could, could depend on. So I kind of just put my head down and made sure that during off season workouts, I was, I was showing up a little bit early. I was leaving a little bit late. And I think once we got into spring ball, um, the way coach Kraft started opening up the offense and the opportunities to make plays and then making those plays, it kind of snowballed into a pretty accelerated trust situation. And I really think it's because I was a senior, Yeah. but I also believe that it was because he was giving me opportunity to make plays and I, and I was making hundred percent. And I had the opportunity to be a part of that ride. I mean, that was so much fun. Um, and I'm glad it timed up to the point where I actually was, you know, out there. Um, and I've said this before, like, I honestly thought I was going to be playing special team, kind of like kind of your road. I thought I was going to be like special teams, you know, retro freshman might get a little bit of, you know, receiver time a little bit, you know, maybe at the end of games when we're smashing teams or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, when I when Coach Mack was like when I was actually backing you up, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. I, you know, four wides, I'm out there. I'm like, what the, what is going on? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was shocked. I was nervous. Yeah. I was scared. Um, but I will say this, it like playing alongside of you, Kasim, Ronnie, you know, and you, you guys treated me. And even at that time, I wasn't even on scholarship yet. And um, you guys gave me a confidence uh, as a young guy, you know, getting some playing time, you know, Colorado is my first catch, you know, as a hitch, you know, and, you know, just you guys getting excited for me, you know, I remember <laughs> this was before the whole concussion things, right, uh, you know, and, and you know, you get knocked out of the game. What game is that? Uh, was it BYU? BYU. I was just saying if you remembered, you know, because yeah. you were kind of – it happened a couple of times in my yeah. career. I had to kind of try to track you. But yeah, yeah, that was the one, BYU. And it was the first half you went out. And I hate to say it, but I was excited. <laughs> like, I'm about to get to play the whole second half, right? But then all of a sudden, dun, 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 <laughs> Superman, you come out the thing, uh, locker room, and you're ready to go. I'm like, what yeah. the – <laughs> you were knocked out the game. Like you didn't even know who you were a second ago. Knocked um, out cold. Right. No, but absolutely. um but I, I just want to say it was an honor playing next to you guys. And then, you know, I feel like because the way it timed out, um, that you guys actually became my mentors and guys that I even like you said, off the field, you wanted to be a leader and you were that. You know, you showed me how uh how to be that guy. And uh, I appreciate that. Thank you for that. And uh, and still to this day, you're still doing it. So I think you said something, man, I think is important, which is is confidence. Um, I think confidence is is 50 percent given. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I instill confidence in you, it's because. Number one, I gave it to you, but number two, you earned it. So I feel like. Confidence is one of those things that's kind of overlooked as a two-way street. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason that I can put confidence into you is because you have shown 
that you have the ability to do the things that uh, deserve my confidence. And I think that that's a very important thing for people to realize because, you know, sometimes I'll hear kids say like, man, coach is sleeping on me or, you know, I just need to get my shot or, you know, these, these fools don't realize how good I am. Nobody will give me a chance. But at the end of the day, it's a two-way street. So, you know, and, and I'll tell you when you earn my my full wholehearted confidence. It was the Idaho game. You know, when I'm when I'm when I'm being a hothead and and about to get kicked out of the game, and uh, Coach Mack pulls me out and pulls you in, and and you get a chance to run the slant and go on the road in this loud, hostile environment. And bro, you made a tough catch. I mean, that ball was not a gimme. You had to catch that ball. Yeah. And I felt like that was at the point I was like, all right, man, yeah, this kid, this kid could play, you know? And so that was my kind of like confidence exchange moment where I was like, no moment's going to be too big for him that if he has an opportunity to make a play, he's not going to, he's not going to make it. Yes. And, and I will you know, go back to how we started this when you say I stole it from you. Okay. Now I got to put this into context because, you know, Jr. Kasim, they were running slants all day and they were scoring off them joints. Like they weren't just running slants and getting tackled. They were running slants and going to the house. So all day they had been setting up this slant and go concept. Right. And Jr. you know, he's, He's he's a bigger receiver, you know. He was slow, you know. I, I think he had the record for for wide receiver bench press, you know, all that good stuff. So you know, I, I think he was feeling himself a little bit, and you know, he was getting in a little tussle with the the corner, and uh, I don't know, you might have dumped him out too, I think. <laughs> and he got mad, and he jumped up, and they started, you know, they score off, squared off like they're about to fight, and then Tom Craft, I'm you know me, I'm ready to go all the time. He's it's me. Tom Craft and uh, Coach Coach Mack and uh, LaCharles McDaniels for those that, those that don't know. And uh, uh, Coach Craft goes, get him out of there. <laughs> and right away, I know what that meant. That meant I'm going in. So I ran right in. He comes out. I don't know what Coach Craft tells you on the sideline, but all I know is um, Adam Hall gives me that that signal where he puts his arm out to the right straight out like an airplane and that that was the signal for slant and go and i said "Ooh, i'm about to score (laughs) and that corner bit on uh on that slant and you know like he said it was it was a it was a tough catch um but it but honestly i had been that like all throughout high school and even into college um i i you know you know my my good friend Cameron Pachel, he was my quarterback in high school, but we have always worked on that over-the-shoulder catch, um, and it was kind of like my bread and butter in high school. So for that to be my first touchdown going on the, you know, Division One, you know, and just being thrown in there, not, you know, and, you know, you still got to run the route and you still got to get to that point. So it was a I thank you. Thank you for that blessing and that gift for fighting, you know, and, you know, to all those players out there that want to be tough guys and fight, see what happens. You get taken out and someone steps in and takes that touchdown. 100%. Yeah. I remember it vividly, man, that little 80 little ran past me and I could just tell you were just like super Sprite and excited (laughs) to be in the game. And as soon as I saw Coach Kraft call it, I was like, come on, man. I'm surprised he didn't switch me out, though. That's the crazy nah, part. You know, we used to go no huddle, right? So, I mean, at that point, like, Coach Kraft, you should just watch the defense and then signal the play in. And yep. you got nine seconds to, to 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 run the play at that point. But uh, He could have held said, off, it, though. One play, he could have held off. Nah, it was perfect. It was. I mean, it was. I ran the slant like three times in a row. It's or, true. You know, two or three times in a row. So, I mean, the, the DB was, was, was ready to give it up. And... It didn't matter who was in it. The system said, "Hey, it's time," and uh, yep. Rob capitalized. So, but, but man, that was that was a tough catch. That was a. I remember watching it from the sideline at the angle, and I was like, "Ooh, like that was a tough 
Yeah. I mean, Adam didn't do you no favors. Yeah, I'm he a, did uh, actually. He put it right uh, on the money. Yes. I mean, if it would have been a little bit too far, probably would have went out of bounds. A little bit shorter. I don't know, because like again, you know, I, everybody has their strengths, and and just knowing me and knowing myself, um, sometimes having to come back and over a defender like a Randy Moss type play, I've done it, but it's not really, you know, like if you if you right. take a out of 10 times, I might get two of them, you know? Gotcha. Um, yeah. So the fact that he put it in stride and it was like perfectly right on the money, you know, where I'm, I'm kind of used to catching it. It, it was, it, it only, you know, it, it was meant to be, sorry. Yeah, it was meant, meant to, to be. be. Yeah. I give it to you. And I'll say this, Still it was pissed. my only <laughs> touchdown of the season. I mean, we could go back Shoot and down. we, we could go back <laughs> and five, how many touchdowns did you have that season? Uh, well, I would have had 15 with that one. So, um, come on, man. Uh, thank you. I first and only. <laughs> it was my first and only. Come on, man. <laughs> um, all right, man. I know you got to get going, but, uh, before I do, I want to say this, um, you know, everybody that, I, that comes on here, I ask them, you know, what is one thing you would tell your younger self, you know, now, as a as a you know grown man with a family, um, your own businesses, uh, you've been to the league, you've you've done am- amazing things, Hall of Fame. You know you're in the the San Diego State Hall of Fame. What would you tell your younger self um, if you could tell you? You know it could be one thing, it could be a couple things, but yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is after the game. Uh, you go from a from a team environment to a uh, to a solo environment. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that that an athlete can make. Um, I think it's really important to concurrently establish your your off the field team. Um, understand what ecosystem you're going to be in. Grab a mentor that's going to help you ask questions that you didn't know you needed to ask from an off the field perspective. And that could be as simple as finding your job or, you know, buying a house or whatever it is. Right. But, but that's one of the things that um, I would, I would tell my younger self is start figuring out uh, what life off the field looks like and start seeking out um, mentors and counsel. So to make sure that, when you're ready to engage in those off the field processes, like I said, whether it's buying a house or getting a job or, you know, whatever it is that you're not doing things based off of, off of emotion, uh, you're doing things based off of, off of logic. And like on the field, you know, the team is important. The, I don't care how good of a receiver you are. You can't do it without the quarterback. I feel like off the field is the same having a strong nucleus off the field to help you uh, execute and run the plays that you need to do off the field is just as important as having those, having those teammates on the field. Amen. Amen. Uh, Before we go, you have a hat that says Mecca and a shirt that says Implonur. Is that what it is? Implonur. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if those mean anything to you, but I, I just noticed it. I'm like, can you explain what both of those things are? The Mecca is a, is what we call Mira Mesa. Okay. So uh, established 1969. Anybody that grew up in Mira Mesa knows that we affectionately refer to it as the Mecca. So one of my classmates uh, started this uh, started this company, and you know I'm supporting him because uh, man, I, I do love Mira Mesa, and I have to give a lot of credit to Mira Mesa helping shape me to become the person who I am who I am today. And and implanure is really just this concept of of us understanding um, that in today's day and age, where especially athletes, you might be an employee, but you're also an entrepreneur. And understanding how to like bridge those two things together is really where the magic can happen. So um, it's a little brand that I've been trying to get off the ground here, some curriculum that I'm starting to write. Um, because I think the magic happens in the middle of being an employee, but also understand that at the end of the day, you're your own CEO and nobody's going to do that for you. You gotta, you gotta do it yourself. 
Boom. We got it. We got to end on that right there. The <laughs> legacy of J.R. Tolver. Um, I think you're, shoot, number one or number two in almost every category at San Diego State. Um, but I appreciate you. You're my brother. You're my, you know, one of my mentors. You're uh, someone that I definitely look up to. So I appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, I, I'm excited for to see what you do. I mean, shoot, you just, I didn't even know that you're putting together a curriculum and all kinds of stuff. Okay, I see you. I mean, if anybody knows JR, they know that he's never not doing something. You know, like you think he you think he's just, you know, a football player over here, but he has, you know, investments over here. Then you think he's just doing investments, then all of a sudden he's starting a company over. Then you think he's just doing that company, then he got another company, you know, or he's a coach, or he's, you know, like you've been doing you've been moving and shaking your whole life or at least as long as i've known you and you know again that's something that's inspiring and uh something to look up to so appreciate you for for being that guy for me thanks for having me brother and the next time you see me my memorabilia wall is gonna like destroy i mean literally like obliterate this memorabilia wall that you have. So I cannot wait to come back onto the podcast. <laughs> All right. I'm like, I got something for you. Okay. I got <laughs> Remember you said that I got it recorded, so I'm going to play it back. So if, <laughs> if it's not, then you're going to get it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, brother. You have a good day, man. Stay blessed. All right, brother. Peace. Legacy. 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 Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.